Welcome to Plant Medicine Transmissions with Javier Regueiro. This week I am posting an interview that I gave over little over a year ago to two women, Kit Maloney and Rachel Sizemore, who contacted me asking me to speak about anger, and in particular about women's anger. A year ago, it was the height of the Me Too movement of women coming out of silence to speak about sexual abuse in the workplace and elsewhere. This interview was finally posted only a couple of weeks ago, and when I listened to it, I saw the relevance of it, therefore decided to ask permission to repost this interview, and here it is. The interview took place only a few days after my return to Pisac, after my three-week dieta with the Toe. And uh, therefore, I am posting it now as part of this series of speaking about the Toe and my process with it, connected with the publication of my newest book, the Toe Datura Diaries, a shamanic apprenticeship in the heart of the Amazon jungle. It's interesting that uh, this interview was given the day before my process that had started in the jungle at the beginning of May completed itself. I mentioned briefly doing an additional San Pedro ceremony for integration but that ceremony turned out to be not about integration. It turned out about deep, deep healing of my feminine side and an experience that I shared in greater detail in the previous podcast of this Plant Medicine Transmissions. Blessings and enjoy. And here we go. Javier, thank you so much for your willingness to be with us. Welcome. Hello, and uh, thank you for inviting me at this time, at this so important time in, uh, on this planet, and uh, particular, the healing that is happening around the feminine for both men and women. I would like to share with your audience that I speak not only from my professional experience supporting uh, hundreds of people in their healing, but also from my own healing journey. I am a gay man and I am in the Native American tradition, I would be considered a two-spirit person. So holding both a masculine part and also a very important feminine part. And uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's funny. You know how challenging uh, our healing journeys are. Well, I've had to heal uh, my wounds, not only from the masculine side, but also from the feminine side. And it's from my experience that I, I share with you today. Yes? So, uh, you wish to speak about anger. First of all, women have a very strong emotional component. As men, we are more in our heads. We, we process things through our brain. You process things through your emotions most importantly. So this predicament that we find ourselves in nowadays of healing the feminine, in that process, what is, as far as I'm concerned, and everything I say is just my opinion, the emotional part 
of our healing is most important. So I will begin by saying one thing. In, uh, in recent years, particularly in, uh, in the States, there has been a lot of talking about positive and negative emotions. Bullshit. <laughs> there is no such thing as a negative emotion. Emotions are a part of ourselves, of our experience, and therefore they are in the best of ways to be honored as such. Instead of judging, again, a part of ourselves as negative or positive. All of our emotions are equally holy and important. I've had to deal with my own anger and it was a most challenging process. I actually almost physically died years ago. There was a call, an invitation from the universe and say, okay, it's now time to deal with this. And I actually had to almost die to be that vulnerable, to be that open in order to finally, finally allow my anger to come out to myself, to the world. There was actually, at the end of the story, I realized I was carrying, it wasn't anger, it was rage. Mm -hmm. I carried rage since the first week I was born against my parents for seemingly, at the time I perceived it as such, abandoning me, leaving me in a nursery. The challenge was that in our culture, it is not okay, it is not good to hold anger at our own parents. It's not nice. Therefore, you know, what, what, what we do is we repress emotions. We repress emotions for a million different reasons. And now it's, these emotions are knocking at our door. They're under our skin. And they're calling us to honor them as best as we can. The anger that is resurfacing big time right now, particularly in the United States, on the part of women is long overdue. Congratulations. Congratulations to you all for finally daring to open that door that has been shut for thousands of years. It takes a lot of courage. You have had important women in the last hundred years who have dared to come out to come out of that closet of silence. I wish to, to share something. I just came out from the jungle. I was there with my teacher for three weeks doing a diet. And actually, it turned out to be all about the shadow and the hurt of the feminine. Uh, healing that, integrating that. And I did... On the full moon, it was the last full moon, I did a San Pedro ceremony by myself at night. And the first thing that came, I found myself in this place. It was like a huge valley, bare and soundproofed. And I quickly realized that this was the place, figuratively speaking, where women have gone to grieve and to suffer in silence. I realized that women feel deeply, therefore suffer intensely, but for a really long time, we have learned to suffer silently and more often than not, by ourselves. I had this aha moment. I was like, yes, of course, 
this is this is this is a truth that has never been spoken about and i congratulate all of you for coming out of that soundproof closet and giving yourselves at long last the permission to speak to have a cosmic fit to have a raging fit to do whatever it is that has been sitting in your souls through lifetimes emotions in my own opinion they just want to be experienced we have done a lot of analyzing of our emotions of explaining of rationalizing rather than just feeling and if necessary express it in whichever way it needs to now this is very important i've noticed it in my healing work people when they start feeling an emotion they start wanting to manage it which is a way of controlling it of not allowing it as is because of our judgments about being emotional and our judgments about certain emotions but the reality as far as i'm concerned is that emotions just ask to be experienced as they want to be experienced not as we would rather experience them you know it's a level of authenticity of being finally true to ourselves honest with ourselves and allowing those emotions to come out as is now we can create a safe space a supportive space which is most importantly you know supporting from ourselves to ourselves and allowing those emotions to just be to finally come out and the truth is that when an emotion is truly felt at the end it just leaves it's gone it's integrated it's finally experienced and integrated we don't need to transmute to uh, change to no first of all we don't need to transmute or release anything because when we fully feel that emotion is automatically integrated so when we work with our emotions it's important to be aware of the subtle ways in which we wish to control our own experience which actually prevents that emotion from being fully honored as we engage as we continue this process with our emotions it seems most important to address all of the beliefs that we hold in our consciousness all the judgments that we have against our emotions and our being emotional in our society women are often chided for being emotional for being overly emotional and of course we agree we pay lip service to that why and this is a very very important point as far as i'm concerned because the society the world that we have chosen to live in is not a mistake is not an accident and that world is a reflection of the beliefs that we hold in our own consciousness society reflects back to us our own judgments against ourselves whether it's our emotions our gender our sexuality whatever this is a very important point it's the first step in actually integrating our own victimhood 
our own victim identities, to at least contemplate the possibility that the world is a reflection of us. There are all of these beliefs in our mind-oriented, male-oriented world against the emotion. So it's important to look at those beliefs and to not just point the finger at society, but actually go like, oh, what part of that do I hold in my own consciousness? And as we release our uh, judgments against our emotions, we come to embrace them more and more. Uh, this was a client of mine, a mother of two, who said, my children are emotionally intelligent. I've followed that thread and realized that actually emotions, including anger, including fear, including sadness, are actually a manifestation, an expression of our deepest intelligence and wisdom. They are not negative, they're not destructive, they're actually an expression of our own wisdom. In order to actually drink from our own wisdom, our own emotional wisdom, it is important for us to actually honor our emotions instead of pushing them away, instead of judging them. There is no wrong way of feeling our emotions, of expressing our emotions, and there is no deadline like, oh, I should be done with my rage by Christmas. <laughs> I should be done with this. It would be nice be if we could do that. <laughs> Just check it off the list. No, because once again, our emotions, they're a treasure chest. And to want to be done with it by Christmas, it's like cutting ourselves, cutting a leg from ourselves or a lung. In the United States, there is a lot, of, a lot of Buddhist teachings, a lot of meditation that is, unfortunately, as far as I'm concerned, often misunderstood. It's about observing our own experience instead of being our own experience. Since we don't like our emotions, we tend to distance ourselves from ourselves from those aspects of ourselves that we're not comfortable with. Oftentimes, the most common one is to go into our heads, to think about our emotions rather than feeling them. Now, the new holy way, the new Zen way, is to just observe our emotions. Fuck that. <laughs> it's schizophrenic. It's, it's a way of just distancing ourselves from ourselves. When I finally, finally embraced my emotions, you know, now I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm, I'm sad, I cry. And it's so beautiful. And it's so, it's such a, it's such a, such a relief not to, hold it in anymore and i and i honor it as 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 just as beautiful as holy a part of myself as everything else another thing that i've learned at the very beginning of my healing journey you know like everybody since a very young age i wanted to just be happy yeah good luck with that Finally, when my healing journey started in earnest, I realized that for lifetimes, for lifetimes, I had been resisting and avoiding the experience of grieving, the experience of loss, 
connected with my soul wound of abandonment. So I kept recreating this wound and at the same time, I kept resisting the, the whole package among which is sadness and, and, and feeling alone and abandoned in the world. I realized when I finally allowed myself to grieve, which is one of the deepest experiences that any human being can have, deepest and rich, that by avoiding certain emotions, I had actually limited my own capacity also for joy. We think that we can be choosy and picky. I'm going to just feel this kind of emotions, but not the others. When we say no to certain emotions, we actually cut our emotional experience across the board, including the experience of joy. This is very important for people to become aware of it, that it's, that it's time to stop being so controlling. That control, it, it comes from a good place. It comes from a good place. But that uh, is an emotional stunting across the board. Emotional stunting does not affect just our emotional body. It stunts us across the board. We blame uh, society for not uh, allowing, it, allowing ourselves to be this way or that way, but let's look at the ways in which we police ourselves, the ways in which we control, we repress ourselves. One of my important themes all my life has been the theme of freedom. And of course, it started in adolescence by being upset, angry at society for this, law, for that, and blah, blah, blah. Eventually, with the years, I realized that my biggest chains were right between my own ears. At some point, it's important for us to take responsibility for our own experience instead of just pointing the finger outside ourselves. Now, because this is what is happening right now, particularly in the United States, there is a lot of pointing the finger. And I say, keep pointing the finger for as long as you need, because this is part of that healing process. You're mad because your government does this and that or doesn't do this and that. Just let it out. <laughs> let it out and let it out for as long as you need to because actually you're not just being mad at your government. You are actually finally voicing a deep anger dissatisfaction, frustration at all governments for at least the last couple of thousands of years. So why should you be done by Christmas? Take your time. Take your time. In that, my strong recommendation is to remind ourselves that in the end, it is all about us that the fingers that we point out have three fingers pointing at ourselves. When we are really honest with ourselves, say for instance, we've had an upset, a fight with a partner or a friend, and we're really mad at them. But underneath that layer, we're always only angry at ourselves because everybody and everything outside ourselves, our experience of who they are is our own creation. They are just a screen. They're just there to hold our own judgments and projections. So 
the anger that we feel at our government or our best friend or whatever is always in the end anger at our own selves and that takes time it takes time to reach that level of awareness to be willing to take that kind of responsibility you know by blaming something or someone outside ourselves our hands are free but when we actually take responsibility for it is like ah it's a whole other game as a society as a world we are far from that level of consciousness but since that's where we are going to it's good to keep reminding ourselves it's like no it's not just about them actually this is my own movie my own creation right now we're allowing ourselves to speak out the so to speak the crimes at long last great that is a necessary step and along along the way there are no shortcuts we've been feeling like victims silent victims for so long and now we're finally letting it out great and we're going to sing that victimization blaming uh, accusing song for as long as we care to the beautiful thing about the victim identity is that when we integrate that identity what comes out of it is true power what kind of power are we talking about are we talking about bad imitation of masculine power no we're not talking about that we're talking about the power of simply who we are and women are naturally more powerful stronger than men you know freud used to talk about penis envy let's start talking about womb envy you know that deep insecurity of men when they are in touch face to face with the mystery of female energy which is an energy that is much closer to life energy than male energy will ever be let's face it that energy female woman is the deepest mystery in the universe because it's the mystery of creation and of the life force myself as i married my own masculine with my own feminine i was like talking to my masculine side i said you're going to stop to try and understand a mystery that is beyond any understanding you're going to start honoring it as best as you can and always with the awareness that this in the end will remain a great mystery so for women what is that a way to start doing that is by honoring that energy without trying to control it explaining it but allowing giving ourselves the permission to actually feel it to actually get to know it through being with it for example when when we're having our menstrual cycle to actually be with that to be with our wounds to be with our body to be with our emotions to make a time a space for us to honor such an amazing experience that is not only connected with with life but it's also you know you have this built-in cleansing system once a month you don't need to go to a spa you can just set a time some time to honor that and to be aware 
and to be in awe rather than in resentment and in resistance of something that will be with you, whether you like it or not, for at least 40 years in your lifetime. Can I ask a practical question? Yes. Sorry to interrupt because this is so amazing. But I just feel like, um, is it as simple as just sitting there and creating the space to ask yourself how you feel? Like, how do you do it? You know, like, I'm like, how do I do it? I can hear our listeners being like, how do I do it? (laughs) It's such a nice idea, but like, (laughs) good question. Good question. The easiest thing to get into a true uh, feeling state is by breathing. We have now a million different breathing techniques, blah, blah, blah. That's oftentimes used by us as a way to control ourselves instead of just being ourselves. Yes. (laughs) In, uh, In my work with plant medicine, which is really about just feeling at long last, because that feeling, feeling those resisted experiences and emotions is actually what brings healing. Yes. Is, is the first huge step in healing. I recommend people in my ceremony, first of all, I say, drop the lotus position, la, la, la. make yourself comfortable, relax. Don't, don't go the way you think you are supposed to be. Just relax, let go of all those rules. Comfortable, And my recommended way of breathing is simply inhaling through the nose very generously, being generous with ourselves, with our breath, and breathing all the way, all the way to the top of the lungs. We have a lot of grief stored, and it's in our lungs, in the very top of our lungs. Women are being plagued by breast cancer that is often just held grief and little else. Yes? So breathing generously. My, my rebirthing teacher spoke of gourmet breaths. What is in a gourmet experience is not doing it right. It's actually to enjoy your experience. So we can actually enjoy our breath, the oxygen. When, when you do, it's, it's actually, you know, breathing is, a, is our most important source of food. It's free, it's plentiful, and we, most of us, subventilate. So breathing and just giving ourselves the permission to just be. When an emotion comes, because oftentimes there's resistance to feeling the best thing that I can recommend. And I use it myself. You know, I don't, I don't just preach out because sometimes I hit rough spots is telling ourselves gently, it's okay to feel like this. The line, it's okay to feel like this is not a strategy is not a secret teaching. It's a truth. It's okay to feel however we feel. Say, for instance, anger. You know, we can feel it, we can feel it, but we just don't know. We don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Is to actually ask, ask the emotion, what can I do to best honor you? And then to actually connect with that part of us that holds that emotion and gently connect with that part of ourselves and offer our support and say, I'm here to hold you, to support you, and I give you permission to simply be whichever way you feel the need or desire to be. And with those, you don't need any further how-tos. Now it's a matter of actually doing it. 
what's important in order to nurture our emotional intelligence and wisdom is to breathe, to breathe in our lives, to do aerobic exercises where, or any kind of physical exercise. Like me personally, when I do any kind of physical exercise or activity, my, my focus is always on the breath, on being generous with my inhale and allowing the, the exhale to just go out. The, the exhalation, when you said, you know, what can we do, you know, relax, inhale through the nose and exhaling through the mouth. Simply letting go of our jaws and just, ah, whatever sound wants to come out or no sound at all. But it's not, it's not a meditation breath. It's not, no, it's just a relax. We have so much anger stuck in our jaws that we can only benefit from finally letting it fall. So breathing in our lives, taking the time to actually breathe, to breathe and not just be in our heads. The other thing that I do, you know, at times I find myself to be very much in my head and very judgmental, like about a situation. Oh, this situation. So I've learned to, at some point, when I realized that that's what I'm doing and I realized that it's not taking me anywhere, I stop and I tell myself, I ask myself, what are you avoiding feeling right now? And that cuts through the bullshit in two seconds. It's important to realize and to remember that whenever we are so thickly in our heads, we are avoiding feeling. So we have a choice. We can keep our judgments and thought processes for all their worth, or we can just drop deeper into our emotions. And that, with those, you're good to go. <laughs> One other question that's coming, in, and I'd be curious to see if maybe there's not a universal answer. Maybe you can speak from your experience if you're willing. So you mentioned about our emotions as being a gateway or a treasure chest to our intelligence or to like our knowing. And yes. I'm just curious if you have some thoughts around anger and what like might be okay. the intelligence Good. underneath. Good. Anger, as far as I'm concerned, is simply a, an emotional reaction that says, I am not getting what I need or what I want. It's important. It's so important. We are increasingly ego-centered. So the ego focuses, most importantly, on our desires and the pursuit of our desires. I encourage people to drop that line and to actually start focusing on our needs and to honor and to meet our needs. Oftentimes, we carry important unmet needs, emotional and otherwise, from day one. Our anger that this person is not seeing us it's nothing to do with that person. It's probably, you know, connected with, you know, us being two years old. Unmet needs don't go anywhere. We try to cover them up, but the need remains unmet. It's very humbling, but so beautiful. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't need to look at what I want anymore. I, I just make sure that my needs are met. And this is another thing, you know, in our society, one of the worst things that somebody can tell you is, oh, you're so needy. <laughs> we create this persona of what I call uh, the, the fiercely independent North American women's club. The, I don't need anybody, I don't need anything, I'm totally self-sufficient, yada, yada. 
which is just a facade. It's a persona. It's something that we create on top of this deeper self that, that has, that holds deeply and long unmet needs and has gotten so sick of not having them met that we just created this self-sufficient identity. Meaning, finally, that self that is being there shut down, judged and go like, no, don't show up ever again. Go like, oh, you have needs. Okay, I'm here to finally listen to you and to do the best to meet them. It is so simple at the end of the day. This is about meeting ourselves, embracing ourselves lovingly and honoring ourselves. Basically, it's about becoming the mother, the father, and the lover that we've always wanted. One little step at a time. So interesting because there's a paradox there, it seems, because on the one hand, there's the, the woman that I've been um, at, at times in my life, like, I'm not going to get what I need from, from, usually my script is from, has been from a partner or a man, and therefore, I don't need them. But then that has a very different energy to it than... I can be the mother, father, and lover to myself from a place of self-love rather than from a place of not needing anybody else to give that. Does that make sense? Like I could see there being a confusion of like, aren't those the same things? But I know that they're not. (laughs) But could you tell more? They are the same because, like I said before, the world is a reflection of us. So when we start finally becoming truly generous and loving and patient with ourselves, eventually the world starts reflecting that back to us. And we find, we find more people being more loving, generous, caring towards us. A common wisdom is God helps those who help themselves. We have a vibration, an energy, and that energy creates our own experience and our own world. Do we really want a different world? The only way that it's going to happen is by actually looking inside. And the change within ourselves, that affects the world more than anything else. If we still find that, you know, the world is wonderful because it's such a, it's such a, a times cruel mirror. <laughs> if we still find that people are being, say, disrespectful to us, despite all the work that we've done, all the healing and blah, 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 well, that simply means that there's still some work to do. I am blessed and fortunate enough to have healed more than I could ever hope in this lifetime. At the age of 53, I go to the jungle and actually, you know, one of the, one of the things was to learn about the moon. A friend, a healer friend says, you know, the moon is about knowing yourself. The moon simply reflects back to you. She says, so it's going to be about you. And and sure enough, I find that there's still some stuff in my feminine side that is asking for honoring, for healing, for greater awareness. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And you know, at the end of it, I was so happy, so happy. And I actually have one more ceremony of integration on Sunday night with the new moon, the dreaded witch's night where feminine power is at its strongest, but also at its most mysterious. 
and therefore feared, I am so happy to be part of this global movement of what is happening right now because that shift will not happen without any of us taking part in it. I think it just needs to be said again that you said this feminine part of you that still needs more witnessing and more attention, more love. Like that's, I think we're, we're I'm like, we're all feeling that right now. <laughs> it's like all the women, maybe even men, if you're listening, like this okay. feminine part of ourselves, that's like okay. longing and calling out for yes. that love and attention. One, that's what this is all about. Last piece of advice. I stopped consciously using the word need with myself and with others and with the world. Now we are being invited more than ever to be loving, to be honoring the totality of who we are in the sweetest of ways. Women have a capacity for love, for caring that is unlimited. And when you start doing that towards our, yourselves, that's when the big shift is going to happen. And it's going to happen when it's going to happen. And it's happening already. It's happening already. And let's rejoice about that. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're more than welcome. I feel very elated just sharing all of this with you. Thank I'm so you. I'm just I can tell Rachel and I are sitting with it and so grateful for it. I will re-listen myself multiple time. times. <laughs> and just it's just always so interesting. Like I've been having these mental conversations with you about this topic for many weeks because I've known we've had this wonderful opportunity and and how much I can still get it all wrong. <laughs> And how much my script is that anger is associated with victimization. Victimization is not self-responsibility. And therefore, I need to process this anger. I need to shame it. I mean, th that's, that's the loop I've been in around my confusion with anger. You're holding all of this in a different way, in an honored way, is so refreshing and inviting. And I can feel the expansion in my body in having it land. And... I also want to presence the not only okayness, but the celebratory nature that there are no shortcuts. Like, ah, uh, right. Like, I don't need to have figured out a way to get somewhere faster. Like, <laughs> it's about embracing the whole, the wholeness. Yes. It's important to remind ourselves that this is about being who we are. And all of us have this ideal self that we are pursuing and it's important to know that unfortunately for most of us and for most particularly western women that idealized person is actually a very masculine get it done successful by christmas <laughs> if not earlier this is not gonna get us anywhere this is about, this is about, I spoke about being the mother, the father, the lover. A mother exercises as much patience with the child, loving patient, as she possibly can. And this is what we are called to nurture in our own lives, to be lovingly patient with ourselves when we fall into the same trap to just go like, it's, it's okay. It's okay that you did. Eventually, you're going to get it. <laughs> Eventually, we're all going to get it. So why be impatient and judgmental and harsh in stabbing ourselves and just, just go like, it's okay. It's okay to fuck up. Because actually, as human beings, we learn best through our so-called mistakes. Our mistakes are not mistakes. They are simply learning experiences. And it's okay that we don't get it the first time round. 
However, many times we need to fall into that pothole. So be it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that permission. (laughs) Absolutely. Could be many, many times. There it is again. There's uh, my uh, I'm uh, aware of it because I'm inside. <laughs> uh, thank you so, so much, Javier. Yeah, you're all welcome. And I wish you all the best with this, uh, with this podcast. And uh, thank you for sharing with the world. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Mm. This has been such a joy. I was saying this. um, Epic. Yeah. Like I woke up this morning and I just, everything on my calendar feels like dream things today. And thank you for being such an anchor of that. Um, It's just such a treat and joy. Yeah. Amazing. We are all called to bring who we are and our gifts to the world. That's what makes this world beautiful and worth Mm. getting up in the morning. Mm. So thank you for your generosity.